Real Presence Live. It's this really powerful sense of, okay, you're seen, you're known, you're missed if you're not here. Local. It's that good crop of corn or beans or wheat or whatever it is that you do that, you know, you grow it, you grow it to the Lord, and if it doesn't come about, you just have to be patient and say, well, there's always next year. Engaging. Evangelization is the fruit of the love of God being poured into the hearts of Jesus' friends. Live. This is our charism, to be witnesses of Jesus' real presence in the Eucharist. Father, you have to tell me if it's too loud. Okay. Okay. Good morning. Good morning. We are here live at the Queen of the Most Holy Rosie Church in Stanley, North Dakota. And today we have Father David Richter with us and some other wonderful special guests. And uh, this morning we're going to uh, get into a little bit of the spirituality of the Catholic Church. Uh, Father, we're going to talk about the Third Order. Um, We're going to start out with Father Joseph uh, Evinger. And uh, he is going to help us through the charisms of the dis- different orders of the Catholic Church this morning. So, Father, you, uh, you're at Minot, right? Yes, I'm at St. John the Apostle Parish in Minot. And uh, is that, uh, how long have you been there now? It, it's four years about right now. July 1st, uh, 2016, I got there. So I've completed four years now. Awesome. Yeah, and the summer is starting out great. Yeah, uh, I guess in a COVID world, uh, it, it is good for the circumstance. But yes, the years um, gone quite well. God is always is abundantly generous, and um, getting through that, we're we're doing um, doing well. Good, good. And uh, so this morning, would you start us out with a prayer, Father? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Good and gracious Father, you have showered down upon our lands the rain. We ask that you, in a a similar way, would shower down upon us during this time on the radio your love and your grace, so that what we say and what we do is in accord with your desires and pleasing and glorifying to your name. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Okay. And uh, so, um, Father David, uh, we have many uh, different orders in our church. Yes. And uh, Father Evinger, he is uh, prepared to help us out. Good morning there, Father Evinger. How are you? Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Good, Good morning, Father Joseph. So you, how, how are things up to the north? We're nice and moist with rain falling upon us. Uh, that's, I, I wish we had some of that rain. We're, we're dry bone down here. <laughs> we'll, we'll try to push it your way, Father Joseph. <laughs> Please do, but not too much wind. <laughs> yes. So, Father, um, did you get any of this rain that uh, came across last night and this morning? We, we just got a, a little dusting. Or I shouldn't say dusting, I should say a little wetness. It made the ground wet, and that was the extent of it. But um, maybe we'll get some more. It's cloudy here now, and there's a few clouds um, 
I don't know if they're promising, but maybe they'll give us something. Yeah, some yeah. well well deserved moisture that we're needing in this part of the country. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, Father, um, to uh, kind of uh, help us out here, we're we're in need of uh, some well deserved uh, spirituality and uplifting and some direction. Um, you know, there's a few of us out out here in the world that. Uh, um, we're trying to make some decisions right now, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe you know, enlighten us. We we have quite a few orders and different ways that I, we can take our charism and our Catholic faith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, let let me um, just tell a bit about myself so folks know where I'm coming from. Wonderful. So I'm, I'm presently pastor of three parishes here in Kildare, Halliday, and Twin Buttes. I grew up a, in a family of ten children. I'm the seventh. Um, some people will say that I, I grew up in a monastery myself. Um, <laughs> uh, maybe, but probably not. Uh, but I, I grew up in a very, uh, very good Catholic family. Dad and mom really, really brought prayer life into the home, you know, big time, which is really what religious orders and, and communities are about. It's really bringing prayer life that relationship with God into their lives, this encounter of God's love, this encounter with God. So um, I would I would say I I had a very good uh, fer- had very good fertile ground when it came to um, to that growing up. Um, but into religious orders, there's there's a number of different religious orders in the church. I'm going to give a bit of history first of all. So um, the whole the whole point of religious orders is to encounter God. In the early church, as Jesus came to establish the church, the apostles themselves, other disciples, you know, were attracted to God's love, were attracted to to Jesus, and many of them followed him. As we know, there was a lot of persecution at that time. So when somebody followed Christ, when somebody put God first, they had a lot of skin in the game. They, They were... They had to be all in, or you just, you know, you fall asunder. So, so they, that was a big part. But when, when um, Christianity became legalized all across the Roman Empire, all across Europe, that's really when we began to see a lot of religious orders pop up. You know, we immediately think of those that follow the rule of St. Basil. We think of Benedictines. We have some here in our own Diocese of Bismarck. Um, we think of the Augustinians, the famous St. Augustine how a number of them followed, you know, St. Augustine's rule. Uh, later, you know, there were groups that kind of split off from the Benedictines, the Trappists, the Cistercians. And then much later in time, we have uh, folks like the Dominicans after St. Dominic and the Franciscans after St. Francis. All, all of them, all these religious communities, wanted to separate themselves from the world in some way as a way of uh, conforming their lives to God as a way of leaving the world, using the word world here in a, in a bad sense, leaving um, things that can become idolatrous, you know, leaving those things and saying, I want God first and foremost in my life. So these orders were formed uh, from that. Uh, the, what's, what's interesting is there's, there's certain orders, and then this is, this is more technical, but after about the 12 or 1300s, I don't remember the exact year, but the Pope at the time said that we're not going to establish any more orders. But since that time, we have what's called congregations or religious communities. 
um, my oldest sister is in the congregation of St. John, as well as there's a, a young lady from, from my parish here in Kilder, Sister Anne Ducart. She's also in the same community. They're later, you know, they were established later. Bishop Kagan just established, you know, a community, the St. Mary Sisters in our diocese. I don't know if you folks have heard that. Yes. That's, that's rather exciting. So, um, so there's all kinds of, you know, religious communities, religious orders, congregations, and all of them in a very particular ways desire to live a rule of life to follow God. Yeah, yes. Yeah, Father Joseph, it's a great mm-hmm. introduction. <clears throat> so uh, you kind of touched on it that there's a whole bunch of different orders, and uh, let's say I'm not familiar with this, and so I'd ask, well, why have so many different ones? Why not just have one big one? Um, mm-hmm. Is there something unique? Uh, what is it, the, the way they uh, come to know God? What, what's that called? Is it a uh, charism of that order? Uh, how would you uh, distinguish or, or talk to us what, what, what that's like for each order? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's, that's a good question. So whenever, whenever we encounter God, what ends up happening is we receive God's love in a special way. I think, for example, St. Francis. St. Francis grew up in a, in a very wealthy home, very, you know, had all the pleasures, had everything he ever wanted. His, his dad was a merchant, so, so very wealthy and knew a lot of people. He himself, you know, the Francis, he's named after the country France uh, because his dad did a lot of traveling there. So what ended up happening when, when he encountered or when he saw the, the passing things of this world. He said, I want more. I want more. So he one day was praying at this little, you know, church that had fallen apart. And God came to him and said, rebuild my church. Rebuild my church. And within that love that he received from God, within that, uh, that moment of grace, uh, Francis immediately wanted then to reach out to those who haven't experienced God's love. And he soon found out that those that were most receptive to God's love were the poor. So um, this charism that he had was reaching out to the poor really, really stood out. And many people were attracted to that so that he then, you know, established the Franciscan order. Many other men were, you know, coming to him. And then also um, St. Clair of Assisi, you know, soon started, you know, the female side of it. But then we have other ones like the Benedictines. Um, I know you, Father David, have been down to, you know, Sacred Heart Monastery or to um, the Abbey in Richardson. Something that the Benedictines are very big about is hospitality. Yes, absolutely. They have that charism. You know, you come, they're just, the sisters, uh, the monks, they're the brothers, they're just, they're very hospitable. And they have this model, receive everybody as Christ. Everybody has Christ. So those are, are two different charisms. There's many others as well, but I would say the, the primary way of coming to notice somebody experiences God's love in a special way, and they want to show that love to others, that same oh, love. It, that's beautiful. It, it's just it's a wonderful way to um, express our individuality, um, mm-hmm. but still be in connection and in communion with the Church. Um, Father, are you... Uh, um, familiar with the servant of God, Antonia Dianstant? I'm not. I'm uh, not. Uh, yeah, t- 
Who, who exactly is she? Um, she's a Portuguese Carmelite nun, and uh, uh-huh. she is the one that received the chaplet of St. Michael the Archangel. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, and can you explain to us what a servant of God is? Ah, uh, yes. So there's different, there's different degrees of, of the Church coming to know that a person is in heaven. So there's servant of God where their causes begin began to be promoted, and then there's then there is um, you know blessed that we're familiar with, mm-hmm. and then there's sainthood. So when somebody becomes a servant of God, it's one of the first steps that that we begin to recognize their holiness in this life. Yeah. Well, so that's uh, I would love to know more about her. I have to look her up. But she yeah. was a Carmelite, you say? Yes, she was a Carmelite. Um, she's a she's a uh, very beautiful, blessed of God, and well, Father, you know, um, we have just a couple moments left of this segment. Um, mm-hmm. What what could you give us to point us in the direction of um, starting to look at the different levels that our spirituality takes us in life? And and you know, it seems like you know we we're blessed. Um, before we get to canonization, so apparently we have different levels that we must experience. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So, if I understand your question correctly, um, in coming to holiness and coming to encounter God, the first the first step is a, a good prayer life, okay. good prayer life, along with re- receiving the sacraments. So, when we look at a person's holiness, those those things have to be primary. Good prayer okay. life. And then, you know, receiving the sacraments, uh, mass, uh, confession, uh, the other sacraments, uh, but also how they act, how they interact with other people. Okay. You know, that's, that's also important. Um, if somebody, you know, is in church all day, but every person that encounters them, you know, they're, they're blown off and they're treated badly, well, that's a sign that there's a disconnect. But in, in growing in holiness and coming to encounter God's love, it's... It's really what our, our gospel reading said this morning, and that is, you know, building our houses on solid ground. And that is done through a good prayer life, through reading the lives of the saints. Okay, you know, and, the, and Father, yeah, thank, so, thank you. Yes, go we're going to come back right after this okay. break, and we're going to delve in with you and our other guests um, with some very cool. special um, connections and how they came to build themselves a little bit more solid on that rock. So, Join us, come back, and uh, find out what we have for you right after this break. Thank you, Father. We'll be right back. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, my name is Mitchell Lahneman. I'm a junior at Mount Marty College, and I'm originally from Adrian, Minnesota. I chose Mount Marty because when I first visited Mount Marty College my freshman year, I could feel the sense of community and the relationships I built with the professors I met and the coaches I met the very first time on campus was really impactful to me. Mount Marty offers lots of opportunities such as leadership positions and different clubs and activities to participate in. Mount Marty College. Experience the momentum. 
It's a great time to spring into summer at Riverview Senior Living Community in Fargo. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director. We are currently accepting new independent and assisted living residents. Riverview provides a safe, comfortable place to live with a small town Main Street feel with home-cooked food, a la carte care services, daily activities, and spiritual services. You can contact Marin or Katie to find out about our special offering when you sign a lease in June. 701-237-4700 or homeishere.org. Honor your father by word and deed, that a blessing from him may come upon you. Sirach 3.8 Our priests guide us on the right path and teach us about our Catholic faith. At Real Presence Radio, we'd like to honor them for helping to deepen our relationship with Jesus. Each week on Real Presence Live, we honor our fathers with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. You can nominate your priest to receive special recognition by going to yourcatholicradiostation.com. And thank you to all our priests for your service to the Holy Catholic Church. Monday, June 29th, marks the solemnity of Saints Peter and Paul, the Apostles. As we celebrate these great saints, we'll have some special programming. At 6 a.m. Central Time, instead of the Sunrise Morning Show, we'll bring you Morning Glory. This will be followed by the Mass at 7. Then at 9 p.m. Central, instead of the Mass, it'll be the encore of Open Line. Please tune in for this special programming. Saints Peter and Paul, pray for us. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. And thank you if you're just tuning in. We have Father David Richter with us. He's co-hosting with me today. Thank you very much, Father. I appreciate it. This is Lori Leffer, and we are bringing you uh, Father Evinger with us today. And uh, we've just been talking about the charisms and the orders of the Catholic Church and our spirituality. And uh, we, Father Evinger, um, uh, can you share a little bit more about that uh, for us, please? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. Uh, one thing I failed to mention before was that religious communities... In their prayer life, they pray the psalms every day. They have what's called the Liturgy of the Hours, so they'll pray the psalms in their communal life, in their in their uh, prayer life. Uh, the the different charisms. Uh, I want to particularly focus now on the Carmelite Order. the The Carmelite Order. It's been very close to my heart because uh, I can remember. I must have been probably four or five years old. I was enrolled in the Brown Scapular. It's it's one of the the garments that the Carmelites will wear. Uh, some of you might be familiar with that. The, the actual Carmelites will wear a big scapular. It's this big piece of cloth in front of them. There's a hole in the center, and then it hangs down the back uh, of them. But there's a, a, a smaller version of that that a lot of the laity, a lot of just regular Christians can wear. So when I was probably four or five, Dad and Mom enrolled me in the brown scapular, so the Carmelite order has stood out um, to me in a, in, in a more real way. Uh, I want to I want to talk a bit about the history. Uh, I in in preparing for this, I figured uh, it's my opportunity to, to look back and see how the Carmelites got established. There's much not much known about how they got established, with with two exceptions. When the the Crusaders went to the Holy Land to to take back the Holy um, places for Christians, there were a number of the Europeans that stayed there on Mount Carmel, this place where Elijah was very prominent in the Old Testament. So they stayed back, and, and really looking to Elijah's charism, 
this charism of overturning everything in one's life that are false gods, anything that is drawing us away from relationship with God. He was, Elijah was prominent when it came to that. So these, these men stayed back and they desired to give their lives completely to God. And then in the 1200s, so in the 1200s, some of them started to come to Europe. And then in Europe, there was a man by the name of Simon, called Simon of the Stock, was his full name. When he was about 12 years old, he left home and he became a hermit. And he lived in this tree, this, they call it the, uh, the Stock. So he's called St. Simon Stock today. Our Lady appeared to him and said that he's going to be joining this order that's not yet present there in England. And when, when they came, he entered the Carmelite community. And then he had another vision of Our Lady. And this one is where Our Lady, Jesus' mom, gave to St. Simon the scapular and mentioned that whoever dies wearing this with great devotion to the Lord, with great devotion to Our Lady, that whoever dies wearing the scapular will not suffer eternal fire. So after that point, the Carmelites became very prominent, particularly with miracles being worked through them, miracles being worked on various levels from people right before they die coming back to the faith, you know, by wearing the brown scapular, uh, others as well. You know, one guy was shot, you know, in some of the wars that took place, and, and the scapular, somehow the bullet didn't go through the scapular. So uh, through St. Simon's stock, the Carmelites became very prominent. Uh, but then jumping into some of the, the charisms that they had, at their beginnings, they were what's called discal. Um, I'm going to say this word wrong. Discal Carmelites, yeah. meaning that they were barefooted okay. in great poverty. They really, they really took their life, and they tried to be as much as much as possible to be aware of God's presence. And how that was done was denying themselves things of this world. So in the 1500s, the Carmelite community had become very, very worldly, to the point that St. Teresa of Avila, very prominent uh, Carmelite, she had to reform, and then one of her good friends, St. John of the Cross, as well as St. Anthony of Jesus, they were big promoters of bringing the Carmelite order back into living the, the ecumenical councils of poverty, chastity, and obedience, particularly poverty. And through that, and through that um, the whole Carmelite community was transformed. Uh, there's uh, some neat stories with St. Teresa of Avila, of one particular one where the order that she entered, very worldly. She, was, she had to leave that order at some point, or that particular monastery, because of the worldliness. But later in her life, a couple of superiors who didn't like her and what she was doing to the Carmelite order decided to put her back and make her the mother superior of this order because, or of this monastery because they were falling apart and they thought this was a way of getting back at her. <laughs> but what ended up happening is she came and instead of sitting in the mother superior uh, position, she put a statue of Our Lady there and said, Mother Mary is going to be our mother superior. So the, the Carmelites have a great connection to our Blessed Mother as well in their prayer life and in, develop, in, in developing their spirituality, their charisms. They're so, so close to Our Lady uh, because of Our Lady's impact on St. Simon's stock. Oh, 
Father Joseph, uh, mm-hmm. the, you listed uh, some great, great uh, saints in uh, the church's history and spirituality. Saint mm-hmm. John of the Cross and Teresa of Avila, and then uh, later, and more recently, Saint Therese of Lisieux, who is yes. also a Carmelite. Uh-huh. And, She's wonderful. And her parents uh, are now saints as well. Um, just, it, I, I wanted to jump back as you were talking about Elijah. Um, I uh-huh. had the chance on sabbatical to go to the Holy Lands and went to Mount Carmel. And, and wherever we go, um, I've, I've had the, God's been generous to me to be able to travel uh, more than I deserve and see places. And uh-huh. I'm always struck, even with the stories of St. Therese of Lisieux, when she describes her her Carmel, where she grew up, it sounded like this vast, huge, beautiful uh, area, and, and actually it's just a little tiny uh, garden, uh, and, and Mount Carmel's nothing spectacular, uh, mm. and, and it just reminds me, I think, of what the Carmelite order in, in my regard was, that, that holiness isn't this massive, big, different things, it's, it's finding God in the ordinary life. Yes, Saint Therese was big about that. She's one of my favorite female saints. Her, for listeners, if if you get a, if you don't have anything on your spiritual reading list, grab her autobiography. It's it can transform many people. Just the simplicity. The she she calls herself the little flower. Yeah. You know, yeah, and that's yeah. just living in the moment, receiving God's love at every moment, whatever one is doing, and that that's that's beautiful. One one thing I, I didn't mention yet is, so you have this Carmelite order, this Carmelite community, yeah. but there's what's called third order Carmelites, and what they are is they're they're not living in community in a specific monastery like Saint Therese was, like Saint Teresa of Avila, like Saint John of the Cross, but they are they're living in the world. So they could be uh, married men, married women. They could be single men, single women, and what they do is they they live some aspects of the Carmelite charism, particularly, you know, praying the Liturgy of the Hours, the, the Psalms, praying for priests. I, I love that about Carmelites. I know they're always praying for me as a priest. Uh, so so they're, they're great when it comes to that. Um, also, one aspect, too, that they, they do is living what St. Therese says is being aware of God's presence at every moment. That becoming a saint is not something that's far away. It's something that can be right close to our heart. Holiness, God's presence, you know, in, in our lives. And that, as I mentioned at the beginning here, is developing a good prayer life. Just basically right. sitting in front of God. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's fabulous, Father Joseph. Uh, that I, I often, as I do spiritual direction, um, reminding people that um, looking at St. Therese or St. Ignatius is, is a great inspiration. Mm-hmm. Uh, but God's not calling you to be them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to learn from so them. You're supposed to be your own saint, and your way isn't going to be exactly like Therese's or John of the Cross. Hopefully we don't have to sit in, in a hole in prison by, <laughs> our, by our friends. But... Uh, yeah. That, that everyone has their own way. And so it's great to follow the saints, to learn from them. 
But uh-huh. to remember that we're not them, that, yeah. that God has his own plan for us. And that's what mm-hmm. that prayer sitting before God is what we're supposed to listen for, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Where, where is God loving us? Where is, what, where is God loving us? And the only way we can come to know that is sitting in front of him, you know, coming into the church, just sitting down. Or if we're not able to come to church, just taking 15 minutes a day, just sitting in the Lord's presence, maybe grab a Bible, read some scripture, you know, pull up lives of the saints. And, and then we're able to find out where is God loving us mm-hmm. and how, how can we live that out in our lives. Oh, well, Father Joseph and Father David, um, thank you for this um, beautiful um, discussion here. Um, we actually have um, a special gift today for everyone. We are mm-hmm. going to come back after this break, and we are going to talk to a couple Third Order Carmelites and what oh, it's that's, like. That's great. Yeah, and what it's like to feel to see what it is of being in God's presence, uh, sitting in front of God in this world. Is, and, and how beautiful that can be just mm-hmm. as a lay person in that spirituality. Yeah. So. Well, well, it's good talking to you guys. It's okay. uh, good discussing about how to become saints and how to re- live this life. Um, yeah, uh, so, so thanks for having me, folks. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so yeah. much for bringing Kilder to us, Father Joseph. Uh-huh. Yeah. Have, a, have a great day. May you be blessed with a lot of rain today. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> God bless everyone. God bless. Okay, everyone, um, if you're just joining us, we are here with Father David Richter as my co-host. This is Lori Leffer, and we will be coming up with uh, some wonderful guests and discussing the Third Order Lake Carmelites. Uh, We'll turn it back to you, Eli.